This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. guys i feel like i'm saying this a lot lately but it's probably a good thing i want to welcome you back to the pivotal conversations podcast today's episode is extremely exciting for me to share with you and in particular it's because i've got two guys that i can hand on heart say that have taught me more about business uh, than most and and i've learned off quite a few people uh, easily two of the best business brains that I've I've come across, um, and those two guys are Will Wang and Charlie Vala. Um, for those of you who don't know, Will is an extremely great marketing expert. Um, he runs an extremely great marketing business, um, and just an all-round like his thing is copy and you know some of the stuff that he puts out is absolutely amazing but his business as a whole is a very very successful business and Charlie's a guy who is like a, a just an, he's he's an amazing businessman in general he's got um, a few really successful companies and um, you know he's helped me a lot over my journey uh, especially in the last three years so Extremely excited for you guys to kind of get an insight into two minds that you probably haven't heard from before in the industry because they're not really from the fitness industry, um, but they definitely are um, some kingpins in the in the business industry. Uh, but today's episode, we, myself, Charlie, and Will, have a roundtable discussion where we deep dive into uh, probably one of the most important topics when it becomes when it comes to running a successful business and um, you know being a successful business owner is judgment. Uh, but what I mean when I say judgment is using business optics and insights to give you uh, a superpower, which is excellent judgment. And you know, if you can't read the scoreboard, you don't know, and you don't know the score, then you can't win the game. And that is as simple as we put it. Uh, and that's also why most businesses fail. So we're looking at metrics, we're looking at business uh, optics, we're looking at uh, running KPIs and critical drivers of the business um, to give us uh, a really good picture and allow us to make better decisions and inevitably drive business and um, performance forward. Now, as I said, both of these guys run extremely successful businesses and the reality that we face is that judgment is the key to winning business. This is a topic that n- not many business owners in the fitness industry focus on, but it could be the exact reason that you are in a tough spot right now. And if you are in a tough spot right now, it's time to get the notepad out and start focusing on the business school skills and tools that are going to allow you to get through this period, but also become a better business owner on the other side so that you're never in a tough position ever again. The key takeaways here are understanding how Charlie and Will use um, judgment and business insights to drive performance and growth with their businesses, but also how important it is when running a successful team, which is pretty much the greatest form of leverage that you can ever have in business. Uh, as I said, I'm not going to go into this too much because I am really excited for you guys to hear this and I, I want to make sure that you get a lot out of it. If you enjoy the episode, hit the subscribe button uh, and if you want to gain more insight into how to sustain a business, uh, how to sustain your business throughout this time uh, and 
throughout the coronavirus pandemic, then check out the free business training group that myself um, and Elite Vitality are, are running at the moment where it's on Facebook. We're running a heap of webinars in there, a heap of content. We're going to start putting out more and more and trying to offer as much support as we can for business owners in the industry right now because it's definitely needed. Hope you enjoy the episode, guys, and I'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the podcast, guys. I am currently sitting down with Charlie Vila um, and Will Wayne. And these are guys that probably not everyone's going to be extremely familiar with because they're, they're not directly linked to the fitness industry. Um, but um, two guys that uh, I know I've definitely learned a lot of over the time. And um, they're definitely in the business realm, which uh, a lot of our listeners are going to be interested in what they, and what you both have to say. Um, so what I might do to get us started um, is I might get both of you guys to, to give a little bit of an intro into uh, you know, who you guys are and, and what you've been doing uh, and how you've gotten to where you are right now and, and some of the businesses that you've uh, worked in and, and with and owned. Um, and then we can kind of get stuck into the episode. Charlie, we'll start with you. Oh, awesome. Well, pleasure to be here, Kyle, and thank you for having me on the show. So a little bit of background from me. I suppose what I do today is I run a media company called Valor Media. We do a lot with uh, podcasts particularly. Prior to that, I had an outsourcing company and I still have an outsourcing company called Outsourcing Angel, in which is like virtual staff in the Philippines. And then prior to that, I owned a marketing agency in Melbourne. So I've bought and sold a few businesses, done a range of things over the years, and really just obsessed and loved the business space in general. So that's kind of my pathway to here. Um, these days, mostly focused on the media stuff though. Over to you, Will. So you're so, uh, so understated, Charlie. Um, it, it, there's some amazing businesses in there who don't get us looking. Outsourcing Angels was, is an amazing juggernaut business. It's uh, very understated, understated mate. But um, as for me, uh, I'm Will from, well, uh, I've got a couple of businesses at the moment. Um, my background is I was in corporate IT looking at spreadsheets. I called myself a human, human spreadsheet. Uh, got sick of it, decided to step out of corporate and just do my own thing. Um, went into my father-in-law's business, which was a Stone masonry, uh, stone masonry business. So we built uh, kitchen bench tops, um, things like that, and helped to grow that into uh, an eight-figure business off the back of you know, testing marketing. Um, so I cut my chops on on that and uh, transitioned into my own agency, which is called Growth Labs, and that's still going at the moment. And we've just spun off a new product or a new business called uh, Content Driven Business, uh, with Charlie's. We're doing some stuff on as well. Um, so uh, a couple of wins, a couple of big failures, and uh, yeah, still, still around to tell the tale, I guess. Yeah, I think that's uh, one thing that um, as you get further into business, you kind of realize is that you have a few tries and you try a lot of different things. And um, I heard something uh, probably a while ago now, and it was more about um, uh, what is fitness? Because um, obviously I think that word gets thrown around, especially in my world. Um, and, you know, it's not about who's the strongest, who's the most intelligent or anything like that. It's who adapts to change the quickest. And, um, you know, in business, that's, that's like, that's something that I've definitely learned. And I've only been in business for probably six or seven years, no, seven years now. Um, but I definitely think, you know, right now with what's going on with the coronavirus and how it's gripping a lot of businesses at the moment, I think that's really coming to the forefront. And, and, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a kind of hit home point right now is that, you know, those who are going to going to adapt the quickest right now are probably going to be the, the ones that are best off. Um, so, Working in media and um, both you guys working in kind of the, the marketing space um, and then, you know, obviously 
Will, you've got a team that you work with and, and Charlie, um, you know, he's got a few teams that he works with as well. Um, what we're talking about today is uh, it, it started off for me as data and using analytics. And then over time, I kind of wanted to turn it into judgment and this, the topic of judgment and how important that is in business. I know that, um, you know, just looking at and kind of uh, doing some reading on some uh, figures such as like Warren Buffett and these kind of guys and, and, and whether you're talking about building wealth or growing a business, just how important um, judgment can be and, and how much, uh, you know, like where the, where the point of leverage actually sits in terms of how we grow. Um, the, the reason that we're bringing this topic to the, to the forefront now for all, for all of our listeners and, and doing this mini series called steel on the walls is because what I am seeing out there at the moment um, especially in the fitness space is that there's a lot of kind of like business coaches in the, in, in the space. Um, and there's a lot of care packages going out and a lot of like downloadable PDFs and, you know, how to get through the coronavirus uh, pandemic and, and all of these types of things. But in my eyes, I, I, like, and, and when I see it, I just think like it's, it's such a band aid, right? Like it's, all it's doing is uh, putting a band aid over the, the holes that are, are now coming to the, that are now showing um, from all of our businesses. So, you know, we're talking cash flow. We're talking, um, uh, you know, judgment that what we're talking about, we're talking about branding and culture and all of these things that really are the foundations of a successful company. Um, and, and obviously both of you guys have a lot of experience in all of those, but I think, um, you know, especially when I was looking at my network, you two guys were the, the ones that I was like, I, I really want you to, to kind of talk about judgment and, and numbers and metrics and how you guys uh, use those in business to, to make decisions, to make better decisions, to have better judgment, but to also, um, you know, uh, create better performance for within your teams as well. Um, so what I might do is I, I'd love to get an insight into um, how important uh you know, uh, numbers and metrics and, and all the data has been in uh, your businesses to date and, um, you know, uh, just kind of getting an elaboration on that, on uh, how important it's been for the growth of your businesses uh, um, as individuals as well. We'll start with you again, Charlie. What a great question. And there's, there's so many things you've just highlighted there that I think are really important. So number one, um, this is the time absolutely when the cracks in your business show. And I think this is the time where the good operators stand out. Um, it's in all honesty, and I think Ben Horowitz said this best is like, it's so easy to be a CEO or a business owner um, in good times, but really what counts is how you navigate the hard times. And I think what we're going to see in this time is there's going to be a whole bunch of people really excel. And those that played with leverage, didn't put cash buffers in place, didn't uh, align and have proper management and didn't mitigate risks are really going to get hurt, like really hurt. And sadly, a lot of the business owners I'm talking to at the moment um, are almost like, it feels like I speak another language when I'm saying like, oh, you've got some cash buffers in place though, don't you? Like you, you've got things in place. So if something like this happens, are you ready? And they, and they look at me sideways and it has me deeply concerned. So I hope this acts as a big lesson to a lot of people in managing the downside. Because as your business gets bigger, um, the risks get much bigger as well. And like to highlight this when it's just you, um, it's, you know, if you don't get paid for a week, like that's not the end of the world. But when you've got, like I do at the moment, and I'm thinking a lot about, like I've got directly on my own team at the moment, 25 mouths to feed and not paying them um, is what keeps me awake at night. 
Like that's the most important thing to me at the moment. And then indirectly through the businesses we work with and the work we um, put out, there's, there's hundreds of mouths to feed and like that's a, a huge responsibility to be bearing. So I, I think about a lot of those things at times. Um, but to answer your question more directly, I think I was very, very fortunate early on to realize that my gut and instinct is way often terrible um, <laughs> and expensive. Um, so very early on in business, like I realized my opinion, I thought, you know, like maybe I had a high opinion of myself, um, going into business. Like I thought I knew things <laughs> and, and quickly learned that I do not. Um, and then I was very, very fortunate to come across a guy uh, called Mike Rhodes. And Mike Rhodes was hugely influential on me early because um, we were working on some marketing stuff. This is when I had the marketing agency. And I had this dashboard up on my screen with all this data, every, every metric you can track online I had. Um, and he very, very quickly uh, was able to articulate to me that pretty much the data doesn't matter. It's your ability to use that data to draw an insight or make a judgment as framing from there and then turn that into something that is actionable that can derive a benefit for it. And this was a really big breakthrough moment for me because I feel like sometimes business owners particularly are always looking, oh, it's more data, more elements, more touch points. When, when the reality is you only need the bare minimum to make judgments to benefit the area you're trying to. And I think the best example of this that everyone can understand is a dashboard in a car. Right? This is the thing we all take for granted. We forget we even have it. We don't realize we have this dashboard in there. But just think about like how many decisions you're making based on this dashboard. Like you're literally electing when to put fuel in the car. If sh you should pull over and call emergency. If you need oil. Like if you should go faster or slower. Which way are you going to turn? Like there are so many ways to make great judgment in a car to actually improve the car experience. And I mean, can you imagine for a second if cars didn't have a dashboard? what it would be like going on the roads with everyone else if they had no idea what was going on in their vehicle and just how dangerous it would be. Now, when you put that into context though, the reality I see commonly, and like I'm happy to be corrected on this, but I'll bluntly say this and I hope it is okay to swear on this show, but like most business owners have no fucking clue what's going on in their business. Mm -hmm. They are riding by the seat of their pants and it's why I would say, and I really don't want this to come across the wrong way, but why I've been able to go fast and scale companies quickly and do things that um, are on a bigger level is being because of, we've been able to navigate that with data, not guessing. And unfortunately, when I've seen uh, people not take that seriously is where you see like it's, it, it's luck, it's gambling, it's um, casino style business management. And it might've worked to a point, you might've used to being able to do these things, but in these turns, it will really see things differently. So that's kind of the impact from there. And I can go deeper on that, but I've had the microphone for a while now and I'm sure Will probably has many points to add in considering uh, Mr. Spreadsheet uh, over here. That was imagine? When he said that, that was music to my ears. I was like, Ron. But you know what, Charlie, man, I, I, I absolutely love that analogy. Now I'm going to draw on it again. I'm going to uh, kind of pick it back on what you said. I think the way I look at data and the way I see companies doing data, right? I mean, I used to sell data. That was my job. I used to go in and pre-sell to, to big companies, all these dashboards and data and what you can do with it. But 95% of the companies I walked into that paid millions of dollars to get all this data in, they, they just didn't use it. Like data by itself is meaningless. And as much as I come from data and I love data and stuff like that, it's, it's kind of like the way I look at it is 
if a business owner is driving the car, so same, same analogy, the biggest issues I've seen is that first of all, they don't have a destination, right? Or they have this far off destination. They're like, I'm going to drive from Australia to, to New Zealand. Like just not realistic. First of all, they got the wrong destination. Second of all, they're either not looking down at the dashboard and looking at their speed and, and, and how much petrol they've got, or they're looking at the wrong metrics. They're going, man, I'm revving this engine super hard. I'm almost at red line, but they're stuck in first gear. So that for me is, you know, it can, we can talk about data and stuff like that, but it really is the insights. So when I look at data for ourselves and for our clients, um, in a more realistic term, we only track two or three metrics maximum, right? Because you track more than that. And in day to day, there's just not a lot of good, you, you kind of get stuck into it. Um, and a lot of data as well is backwards looking, whereas we want to be forwards looking mm. because if it's happened already, well, there's no point in reporting or well, I mean, obviously it's nice to know why it happened, but you can't do anything about it. But the future is where we're heading. So for us, it's kind of like, well, we don't even look at revenue. We look at what are the metrics or what are the actions we take on a day-to-day basis that's going to drive revenue. And let's look at the data based on those actions. I think, um, and that's something that um, probably only in the last six months that I've uh, looked into is actually looking at because uh, obviously the KPIs you ha- you have to have those KPIs there and they're the ones that look back because they're the indicator. But I think like what we're looking at is going what are the behaviors, what are the actions, what are the strategies that actually drive that revenue for uh, to the to the goal that we want it to be. Um, and I think like that's probably the hardest thing because and especially as like someone you know I mean I know the the, the people we deal with like we deal with um, gyms but. Um, we've only got like maybe four or five gyms because it's something new we've brought into to our um, service. But, you know, we also deal with, you know, around about 50 um, sole traders, right. Where it's just them. And, um, you know, I think the hardest thing for these guys is finding not only just like the time to, 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 or the having to, to even understand how this data can or gaining these insights can help them grow their business. But I think the other thing as well is that, you know, intuitively to actually look at that data or to, 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 uh, put the time and effort in to understand what metrics you and, and almost uh, correlate the data and, and have a look how they f- affect each other. I think that's probably the hardest thing for someone who, um, is a sole trader because they then have to spend time and especially like trainers and these kind of guys that, you know, even clinicians, right? Like they, they, they earn money by seeing people. Um, and it's not a very, it's not a scalable model. Right. But then for them to, to go away and put time and effort and study into this is that's the hardest thing. And I think that's almost why I, I wanted to put this piece into the puzzle because I just think it, I know for me, it, it was a game changing because I actually started to go, okay. And, and this was something that I went through was like, because I was a PT, right? I was in the trenches doing 50, 60 sessions a week and that was how I earned money. And then every time that I tried to pull away from that, I seen a drop in revenue. Um, but the reality was, is I wasn't actually, I, I, I wasn't uh, using and kind of using uh, metrics to get me back on track or to see how my actions and behaviors or the ones that I was implementing was actually getting me that top line revenue back to where I wanted it to be without selling my time. Um, I want to go back to something that Charlie said and, and um, earlier and he talked about proper management. Like that was the words that you used. And I'd, I'd love for both of you guys, cause obviously managing teams and, and obviously that's, that's almost something that you're going to have to get good at if you want to stop selling your time for money. Um, what do you, what do you, what did you mean by that Charlie? And then I'll get Will to elaborate on, on obviously his side of the story as well. But what did you mean by that? And what does proper management look like to you? 
That's such a good question. Again, I'll tell you a quick story here that kind of leans into this because um, it was hugely impactful for me. Um, I managed to, and this is luck. This is one of those moments that is luck. I remember distinctly going, I think this Facebook ads thing is going to be big, right? I think it might be something. And we made a decision as a company based on uh, a bit of luck of like, we'll see if clients want it. And it exploded. Facebook ads got big and everyone wanted it. And it was just this divine moment of market timing. My business grew astronomically um, in that time because we had something everyone wanted. And there wasn't many people doing it at the time. This is many, many years ago. Um, and we were already doing uh, Google AdWords for a lot of clients. So it was an easy cross sell. So this is where we did a bit of R&D and then just decided to go that route. However, um, I had never had a company before or a big company and I was very much operating within the mindset of like, I was still in accounts. I was doing the day-to-day -day stuff and without realizing it very quickly, I'd managed to basically max out my time to hundred hour weeks and was struggling immensely to work out what I was doing wrong. Like I was sitting there and I was like, watch looking at these bigger companies and I'm like, like we have the work and like we're growing, but it's like there's, there's some sort of gap here that I don't understand because like effectively I'm a slave to my business at this point, like beyond slave. Um, and then I got a book uh, called The Cashflow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki that was recommended to me and it very distinctly defined the difference between uh, someone who is self-employed and someone who is a business owner. And it absolutely stabbed me. Like it, I have never been outraged by any piece of content more than this. Like I threw the book. I was like angry at the book for being so damn right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I had this like breakthrough moment um, on that Sunday morning when I was reading this book about where I'd gone so wrong is I'd effectively built an extension of myself. So I'd built all these people around me. So I still had like 10 staff at this point, but all of them needed me to function. And if I wasn't there, um, that's where like things were going to fall apart. And then this really helped me identify the, the difference of like, okay, of someone who is a technician or self-employed versus someone who's a business owner. And I looked at where I wanted to go in life. And like the reason I got into business is time, money, freedom. Like I want all three. Like time, do as I like when I like. Money is like, I want it coming in, don't we all? Um, and then freedom is like, I want to be able to choose who I work with, what I do. So I realized that I needed to make a big shift and like make some huge shift. And it, it got me to ask the questions of like, well, what are people who are business owners doing? Um, like, how are they behaving? How do they spend their time? And to your point of this, what do they track and what do they think about? So I went on this like expedition of looking to understand that as a, as a topic um, and that's what we elected to do. So management was one of those key things that is there. So when I talk about proper management of a business, I guess you can look at this in a few ways. I would say the biggest component of it by far for me is definitely the reporting. We spend a lot of time looking at reports. So I have uh, weekly reports and monthly reports, and then I'll also look at annual. Um, you could do quarterly. But for me, like I know my business as well enough where like I want to look at it and I have like set in time in my calendar every month where I'm reviewing those things and looking at those things to understand where the company is going. The second um, thing that I spend quite a lot of time on when we talk about management is mitigating risk. Um, because I've realized very quickly that uh, your employees, while they'll do a great job at things, like that's not what they're thinking about. And if they're not thinking about it and I'm not thinking about it, no one's thinking about it. Um, so that's another one I spend quite a bit of time on is just looking at protecting the downside. Um, and then the third thing that um, I kind of really spend more time on these days is team and systems. 
So do we have the right uh, people in place to do the work we need done and are they following the right system so they can execute it well? Um, and that's probably the main things I would spend my time on when I think about management. And then the last one I would throw in is just meetings. Like meetings is a huge part of like managing a business well. So that's where I've kind of like navigated that as, as good management for me or management activities. Just a quick one. All of your teams online. Yeah, Charlie. Yep. So my first business, I uh, ran from the Docklands in Melbourne. We had an office and I used to wear suits into work every day and it was terrible. Wouldn't advise it to anyone. Uh, <laughs> um, I realized again that if I, and this was something that was a big breakthrough on the back of this same book was the idea that I wasn't going to have the freedom element if I had to drive into the city of Melbourne every day. Like what if I want to work from Japan for a month, which I did, or what if I want to go to Bali for a month, which I did. Um, or what if I just want to work from home or do things differently? So I made decisions that would allow me to do that. Um, at the time it seemed crazy. Um, like, cause you know, working remotely was definitely insane at that point. But, um, today it's quite common, like to be a remote business and like, that's what we do. So you know, built country, um, at one point outsourcing angel had a hundred plus people all working virtual, um, today with Valor Media, we've got uh, 20 plus people all working virtually. Um, and we use things like Slack and Asana lots of spreadsheets um, to navigate management online. Awesome. And, and well, what about your side? So, um, you know, uh, we, we were talking about proper management and, you know, what, what are some of the things that, you know, when we, when we say the words proper management come to your mind and how do you kind of implement that within your business? Yeah. Like that, that answer from Charlie just encapsulated so much in there. So I don't have a lot to add, I guess from my point of view that, other two things that I, I'm aware of as well is I focus, I've gone through the same cycle where it's like crazy. And I'm putting all these hours in, not seeing the kids, not seeing the wife and just miserable. Right. Uh, I've gone from that point where it's like, well, how do I manage myself, myself and the business? So it's not just about managing the business. It's often the times about managing ourselves because if we don't do that, it flows onto everything else. So it's looking at being accountable to myself, to my family, to my team as well, and just having the right freedom and mindset. So for example, in my business, one of the things that I love, that I love doing, right. And it's one of the reasons I started the agency was I love writing copies. So I love writing words, whether it's emails or content, I just love writing. Um, but when it gets to the point where I'm, I'm maxed out and I've got to do writing when I don't want to do it for clients, I don't want to do it for, uh, in the form that I'm not familiar with or I don't like, then that becomes really, really miserable, right? Like I just don't like that. So for me, it's like, how do I manage my business to the point where I can do the stuff I love for clients that I love and do it when, when I actually want to do it. Um, so that for me is how to manage it. And as part of that, if you work backwards, then I've got to say, okay, cool. If I want, only want to be doing 10 hours of writing a week or 20 hours of writing a week, let's work backwards and say, what else is involved in this that I've got to take care of or my business has to take care of to let me do that. So then that's how I've kind of built the team around it. I've um, split off different tasks that we need to do and built out flows of what our customers need, how we're going to deliver all the services and then put the right people in place and just trust them, um, encourage them, support them to actually do the right job and just give them a whole bunch of trust. Uh, so the other side of it for me as well is making sure we've got the right company culture because there's times where I've kind of disappeared for a week. If I'm on a speaking engagement or something like that, I'll literally take off, not answer emails or phone calls. And um, I was going to cough. 
Corona. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Self isolating. It's like, no, no, Jake's. Um, yeah. So, like, the times that I've taken off for a week and I've come back and the work's all done and there's nothing to catch up on where exactly where we need to be. And for me, proper management is having the right people in place that take ownership of their roles and take ownership of, of their own development and their learning and can bring other people into the business and encourage them and also hold them accountable. So, Management for me is not just about me looking over the shoulder and going, are you guys done? I mean, we're 100% virtual as well, so we can't even do that. But it's more like, hey, guys, are you empowered enough to do the role you're doing? And then if, if there's a gap, do you guys see what the gap is and how do you think we should tackle it? It's such a good point. Like that first one, managing yourself, I think that's one that I have to, come, I have to you know, I definitely myself have to pull myself up sometimes because um, I'm just, I, I love learning like, and I, I love doing things. Um, but I also understand that the, the byproduct or consequence of that is that sometimes I can get attached to hard work and, and because hard work's got me to where I am now right now, um, you know, sometimes I can automatically fall into that mindset where I think it's going to get me where I need to go. Um, when in reality, I think more now than ever, what I'm looking at is how can I, how can I get the maximum return on the minimal dose? And, and, and that means that, you know, what I'm looking at there is again, better systems for my team um, and, and focusing on that. And then that's how I manage myself, but then also going, okay, well, like don't stay up till 11, 12, one at night, you know, just doing things for the sake of doing them. Is there a better way to do this? Is there, and, and again, it's also going, well, you know, as a business owner, like a small business owner, I think, you know, you're always the limiting factor uh, as the owner. Um, and, and that's like, comment. yeah, like, and I think it, this is where it comes to the forefront. Like I think everybody kind of talks about it from a mindset perspective, but I think, you know, as you grow as well, um, the limiting factor thing can be the micromanaging thing, right? Like it's like mm. always wanting to have your hands on everything, having to overlook everything. And, um, you know, we're going through a bit of a transition with our team now where, you know, like I'm, I'm really trying to create a, a culture where it's about innovation and, you know, letting them take the wheel and, and then, you know, having our branding locked in so that they know the guidelines, like they know where we're trying, like if they, if we, they know the structure and, and what we represent. And then within that, like I want them to flow and I want them to bounce off each other rather than having to come to me. And I think it's just such a good point, but I think, it's almost emphasizing the, the, the data and judgments side of the fence. Cause it's like, you know, Will, you, you kind of said it before. It's like, if you go away for a week, um, the reality is, is that the, you know, the numbers are going to tell you exactly how things are tracking. Like, cause you're away. Like you, you can't keep an eye on everyone. You can't like, like you don't want to have to message everyone like tw two or three times a day. But at the end of the month, when you sit down and you've got the analytics there, you're like, you know, you can, you can turn around and give the team a bit of a tap on the back and say, this is awesome. And, and it's good because the data also is something that I think, um, I know my team are starting to get really excited about it. Like we're trying, you know, my, my role right now is finding, um, you know, the, the behaviors that are going to, uh, drive, uh, get us towards the goal that we want to get to. Um, and, and that excites the team as well. Um, so I think the next question is, and just before we jump into that, uh, you brought some really good points that I want to just make a quick mention on, on a couple of things as well. So looking at data and, and management time, them two together, one of the best lines I've heard in terms of hiring was, was hire fast and fire even quicker. So one of the things that we've really got to do, and I'm super conscious of in our business is culture, right? We need a culture of people who love working together and who hold each other and themselves accountable. So we use a lot of data when we make new hires. We say in month one, here are your KPIs, 
month three and month six, here, here are your KPIs. And if they don't miss it, or if they've missed the KPIs, then it becomes a really easy, easy decision. And you know, we say, look, we built these together and you haven't hit them. You didn't hit it in month one, you didn't hit it in month three. Something's not right. I'm sorry, but this hasn't worked out. And you've got to just be, if you have the numbers, you can make an objective call. Whereas otherwise you just have too much other stuff going on. And then you might make the wrong decision for, for your business. And look, management, there, there's a bad side of management too, right? There's the side we've got to fire people. We've got to let people go. And that comes with it. Um, but I think if there's anything you can do to help yourself and make it a more objective conversation where they understand why you're doing what you're doing, that really helps too. Pre-setting those is, is pivotal as well, right? Because I think it's like mm. if you're making things up as you go, that's when the, the conversations, at, at least you know, like I think the hardest thing is with what you were saying is like obviously there's that tough side to management. Um, and if you're intuitively trying to do that, then you feel like you could say at times like, you know, that's where you're like, oh, I'm a, you know, I don't really want to do this or am I a bad person for firing someone? Whereas if you've preset these numbers, preset these KPIs and people know the standard they, they need to be at, then it almost makes that conversation um, not, I wouldn't say easier, but it, there's, there's warrant to it, right? Mm, exactly. Do you have anything to add to that, Charlie? Oh, it's, just, it's a fascinating one. I'll, I'll actually say the hardest thing is if you haven't had uh, management by numbers or any accountability in place or meeting structure and then you try and change it like if you yeah. bring new people in and you're like this is the standard right they will rise to that standard but if someone's been you know maybe barbara has been working for you for 10 years <laughs> she's set in her ways trying to bring in this new thing she will give you some friction yeah. um, and barbara isn't a person by the way it's just something that's really common when dealing it's with it so i'd almost say pardon what was that well I'll say to make a joke saying it's Karen. Karen's always a problem. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go Karen then. Um, but like uh, one of the things when you're looking at, like particularly if you're in the early stages, like your misbehaviors in small become big as you grow. And it's like if you set some of these things from the beginning, and even if you start with yourself, when you grow and have this as the acceptable standard, like it can do really well. And again, this is probably an expensive lesson I had to learn. Uh, was the idea of like I had some rogue team members. Yes, they were great at what they do. Um, but the way I would think about it is that if you've got a bottle of clean water, it only takes one drop of poison. And the whole thing is ruined. Mm. And culture kind of represents itself in the same way. So setting those standards from early on can, can make such a huge difference um, into the success of the team. And I would argue this against anyone um, is that if you've got, let's say 10 good people on your team, 10 A players that follow the system, use uh, management uh, styles or involved in management style, attend meetings, track KPIs, they will beat a, a team of 15 B players, like hands down. Like it's that much of a difference. Mm. I definitely agree. And I've seen it. Um, you know, I, I had a different business model maybe three years ago, four years ago. And the reality was was that those standards were ever evolving and i and i and that was because i thought that that's what had to happen whereas i didn't stick to anything and i, and I didn't have a true representation of what we wanted to stand for as a brand and, and as a culture um and, and literally that that business model didn't work um and and kind of that's when i had to flip the script and and kind of start again so uh, it's definitely something that i've seen happen firsthand and and that's why i'm kind of again, focusing on it now, because I think it's probably playing a role in many business owners out there now, even if it's like you're a one man band, like it's like this, this, um, this, if there's an inconsistency there with the standards that you're holding for yourself, then it's like that, that's the same as having, um, you know, 
10 people because it's like the inconsistency of that culture. And even if that's just a, just one between you and you, then, then it's, it's definitely not going to, you're just going to lack that consistency and moving forward. And there's going to be no standard set. And when there's no standard set, it's, it's untrackable as well, which is, you know, that's the, the hardest part. I wanted to kind of roll into um, more kind of, diving a little bit deeper into insights and, and data now. And cause I think this is, this is kind of like where the rubber hits the road. And, and I think Will said it perfectly earlier on when he said it's the insights that really matter. Like you can have data there, but it's like, unless you can read that data and understand how it's going to, um, or how you can make better decisions with it and drive performance with it, then um, really it's pointless tracking. How do you, for someone who's new to this, what would be some of the, I guess, tips or strategies that you would say, or how do they come to understand what is, what are the the insights from the metrics that they're tracking that are, they can, how do they come to that and how do they find what they are based on their own business to make better decisions and drive performance? Great question. I love that question. I wish someone asked me that early on. It would have been like, a, a, um, I'll, I'll talk about what I do because I think this is like the most helpful and there's a hint in that answer. Um, originally, like I think back and I go, at a point in time, I feel like I used to like work out what to do on the go mm. on that day. And like often I remember getting to like lunchtime and at the end of the day, I'm like, what am I going to do now? So I'm like, and that's like obviously a terrible way to run a business. Um, so what I realized for me is like coming back to like, obviously setting goals, you've got to know where you, where you're going. I think that's got to be the overarching question that defines if a decision is good or bad is like, does it move me closer to this or not? Um, so setting the goal, the destination is, as Will said, is like your, your number one, but like, how do you make that like practical was my big question. So this is what I introduced that made a huge difference for me. Um, effectively Monday mornings, and I still do this, like this is my week on Monday mornings. The first thing I do is actually review data. So this is when I look at my weekly dashboard and the uh, most recent monthly financial reports. And then on the governance of that data, what I do then is actually brainstorm and spend time actually on what activities can be done this week or can be scheduled in this week. So applying my resource first about when I'm going to put time into it. So if my goal I'm working on at the moment is growing my podcast, I'm looking at this data and I'm like, well, a key critical driver is going to be recording podcasts. I better actually put some time into find a guest or record with a guest or whatever it is. Um, and then I go a step further than that though, based on the goals I have and scheduling my own time, I also think about like what I want my team to do this week. Like what defines a successful week in the team? Because if I don't define that, they'll define it. And if their view is different to mine, we may not get aligned on that. So I will literally in that time plan out what I want to achieve this week. Then we all jump on a team meeting, whole team. And like we set that week out. Um, and I suppose you would call it like a little bit like scrum management. But the whole idea is that after we have our Monday morning meeting is that every single person on their team and me knows exactly what needs to be done this week and the right resources have been applied. So everyone's got their work so that it can actually be done. And then on Friday, we have a meeting and be accountable to the completion of that. Um, of course, sometimes things comes up and we do have buffer times in. It's not that strict. I don't want to pretend I'm running a military camp, mm-hmm. but that style of reviewing data based on that data, coming up with actions and applied resources that will see that be achieved. And then on the Friday meeting, be accountable to actually saying we got that done um, was probably a really big breakthrough for me in like, you know, how you actually bring your goals to be real rather than um, flying by the seat of your pants. Um, and that's been huge. But the thing I would even go into deeper, if you're at the stage where you're not sure like what you should be doing, 
the worst decision is to like um, go by trial and error, like to just try some things and see what does work and doesn't work. Um, I'm a big fan of like what both of you do where it's like you actually teach other people. So when I was like a student in uh, mastermind programs or courses, like I would ask these questions like, how do you spend your week? How long does it take you to do this? How do you think about this? When do you do this? Um, and like that was where I got so much value was by, I, I won't say copying, I'll say modeling, because obviously it's a different business, but like modeling the behaviors of people who had the result we were going after. And, and that's where it all kind of came to be. It's, um, it's an interesting point because I think um, the, the productivity side of things and, and looking at it, I think one thing, and again, it's this whole attached to hard work. It's like if you're early on in a business, they sometimes people try to measure, or I don't know, I did on my success on how much I was working. Whereas like productivity and kind of what we we're talking about before is it really what matters is how much you get done, but also how much you get done that's t- driving the business forward as well. Like it's not just, I think I, I heard a really good quote and it was like, um, I think it's a Warren Buffett quote again. And he kind of is like, when you write a to-do list, don't move on to number two unless you've done number one. Um, and it's kind of like, cause you should always be working on the things that drive the business forward and then figuring out what those things are. I think it's probably what we're talking about now when we talk about data and insights, it's like, okay, well, you know, even I, I don't know if this guy, if this is what you guys have done, but like, you know, tr- tracking a heap of data and then, or like maybe, tr- uh, uh, tracking certain uh, data points and then from there actually looking at which ones drive growth or like which, which drivers actually get you the KPI that you're looking for um, or the, the, the number that you're looking for. I don't know if that's something that you've done, but in my head now, that's kind of what I'm going through. I know that at the start for me, it was kind of like I, I was tracking a lot of metrics and I was correlating back and going, okay, well, what are the things that are actually driving this, this forward? And then we did the same with the podcast and, and we were just tracking and we were tracking something as simple as where did our leads come from? Um, and that was a huge thing for us because if we weren't tracking that and when we started the podcast, it was kind of like, we would just, honestly, I just started it cause I'm like, Oh, it could be cool. Right. But if we weren't tracking where our leads came from, there is no way that I would now know that the podcast is the avenue that I want to take. And that's just a simple, uh, simple metric. But again, it's like now, you know, even, you know, and I'll, I'll say that I've been working with Charlie and, and there's even more metrics now within the podcast that we're tracking that allow us to understand what works best. Um, and, and these kind of things. And, um, uh, you know, again, it's just, it just, we, it's not about what we get done on a daily basis, but it's about getting the stuff done. That's actually going to drive our business forward. Absolutely. And I guess the best way to think about this is that I think your audience will understand it is it's much the same as fitness. Like you can, there's so many things Man, you can track. <laughs> so many. You know, like one thing that I actually say to all of our guys and the mastery members, I'm like, if I see anybody sending out nutrition plans and not running a dashboard and, and a fucking budget, like uh, my, my, my head's going to blow up. Mm-hmm. Like you have no right asking your, your clients to track their calories or track their nutrition. If you're not going to track the thing that's going to get you closer to your goal. Um, and it just, it just, it, you know, it, it, for them, that's a, that, that was one of the things I think hits home for them. They're like, Oh, so, cause there's an energy thing there as well. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, I think the best leaders in the industry or the best leaders, 
um, period are the ones that follow through on their actions. And it's like, if you're like, if you're going to ask people to do something and try to be a leader for someone, even though that you may be doing something of the nature of tracking your calories or whatever that is, you know, something that's easy for you. The reality is, is that, you know, these coaches out there are going to be coaching people to do something that is hard for them, something that is, um, they're not quite used to. And then it's the same for you know business owners. It's like, well, if growing your business is your primary goal right now, then you need to be doing the same. And I think there's like a, you know, there, there must be something like a, it's a confidence thing, right? It's like, if I'm doing everything I need to do to make, to allow me to hit my goal, then I have no, uh, there, there's there's no stress for me standing up and, and saying what I need to say and having the confidence to stand up and be a leader in that point or in that moment. Definitely. I agree with that a lot. It's um, I certainly see that as well. And just drawing back on this whole big thing, like now is probably the time to get serious about what you track because I mean, it's interesting times, it's unique times, but this stuff is probably one of the universal elements that will help business yeah. owners the most. I think, um, you know, on, on that and that's like, cause it's a good point and it's exactly why we're doing what we're doing right now. Cause I think everybody's seeing this as an opportunity to go online and I just, I just think it's the wrong move. Like, I think, you, you know, you're forced to go online right now. Like that's your hand is being forced. Like let's not beat around the bush here. The opportunity isn't that though. The opportunity is to get a good look at what you weren't doing properly. Um, and it's bringing your issues to the forefront. And now you've got time to start putting this stuff in. Now you've got, you know, the, you know, you've got the free time to do this. And the opportunity is looking at what problems need to be solved right now, gathering market share, and then filling in the holes in your business so that, it, you know, when the next thing, when the next coronavirus or whatever it is that hits us, and, you know, we can all say here that we know something will come eventually that where every single business owner is ready for it. I think there's a huge discount going on at the moment with how hard it is to have an online fitness business. I think there's a perception yeah. that it's somehow easy. Yeah. I, I know some people who do some big things online in the fitness space and I, I reckon they're laughing their asses off right now because I've seen them put years <laughs> into their model and perfecting the systems and things that go into it. Um, and what's going to, my, you know, this is like Charlie's um, opinion. This is not fact. I'll preface this right now, grain of salt. Um, but I suspect we, in many industries, we're going to see a rush of people like uh, PTs will use this, gravitate to online thinking, oh, this is the move. We're going online. It's going to be so easy. Um, I'm going to get eaten alive by the people who have been the industry leaders and know what they're doing. Um, and the, probably the people who are going to do the best are all the marketers and course creators that are going to sell these PTs how to do it. <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to say. Um, from there. And then we're going to see it go back to there. Like I just, if you're not, or if you weren't already online and your idea of thinking now's the time to make that move, unless you're in it for the next 10 years, it's a terrible idea. I think you got a question as well. Like, you know, one thing I was, I was talking to, um, one of my old mentors and we, we did a podcast and he said something in the podcast that hit home. Um, and, and it almost encapsulates what's going on right now. He goes, you can either be someone who thinks deeply about every little decision and kind of someone who thinks through things, or you can be a squirrel chasing a nut for your whole life. And it's like, you know, you, you've got to see past the surface here where there's, there's going to be people and marketers out there and all that. And, and again, like they're just doing what they need to do. It's not their responsibility. But it's like right now, that's the rush. They're like, like, guess what? If if a marketer has got a chance to sell online programs or teach someone how to, that's their role. But it's your role as a business owner to make sure that you're thinking deeply and not just chasing the nut 
which right now I think it is going online as a fit as you know, and, and again, that, that that's going to be forced right now, but that doesn't mean that you need to become an online coach that needs you to make a pivot right now to maintain and start gathering market share. And I think like, you know, that's, that's again, why, you know, like where I'm actually going against that. And I'm like, cool. Like uh, uh, there's too many people trying to sell how to, create an on or become an online fitness coach like i want to teach you how to become a great business owner long term so that you can stand up for the next 10 years um we got off a little bit we got a little bit carried away there but um will uh, i want to kind of i want you to give us some insights into the the marketing realm and how you decide what uh what insights and data to track for your own business and then also for your clients businesses as well Cool. Yeah, I guess it comes back to the last question you were asking as well around metrics, right? Like what, what, what do we track? So I guess it's kind of still the same question. Um, maybe what I can do is I can break into an example of the, how we, how I look at numbers for ourselves. And then we can look at some, some, some PT businesses too, because, you know, we years and years ago had, had a hand in coaching a bunch of PTs and stuff like that. So we can look at both. Um, in terms of numbers, like everything that Charlie just said, we do as well. Like it makes so much sense, right? If you can start your week off in the, in the, in the right direction, you're going to have a good week. So we do the same thing where it's like Monday morning meeting, all hands on deck, the entire company's on board. The leadership goes through and tells everyone what, what we're doing. And then on Friday, we have a recap. Like, hey, did we do this well? What didn't we do well? What can we improve for next week? So that's, you know, very standard uh, procedure, especially in software companies. And um, as part of that, what we do is we also have um, just scrum meetings. So every morning for five or 10 minutes, the leadership team will get together and go, Hey, have we hit what we needed to do yesterday? What are our bigger challenges, um, et cetera, et cetera. So the way we figure out what those steps are or what those challenges, what we need to be doing day to day is we take a step back, right? So I don't know if, um, I, I mean, I, I know all of us do this, but a lot of business owners don't take even a day out in the entire year and plan out what everything looks like. So I highly recommend what I'm, what I'm trying to experiment with at the moment is taking a, a week off every half year and just isolating myself and thinking because the way I look at it is I've got to sit down and think deeply, as you were saying, and plan out what my business is. So if I want a million dollar business, right? If I want a million dollars in profit, I've got to work out, well, what's my revenue. So if I'm at 50% profit, which might be high, but let's just take an easy number. If I want a million bucks in profit, I've got to be doing 2 million in revenue. If I'm doing 2 million in revenue, what's my monthly revenue target. I've got to hit for that month to make sure I can do that number. Then we break it down into, well, what's the weekly? And then from that, we say, okay, cool. So we know weekly how much revenue we need to be generating. Let's look at how much a customer is worth to us. We go, okay, our customer is worth X amount. Then we look at it and go, if a customer is worth this amount, what's our conversion rate? So if someone comes knocking on our door or you know, comes across us online, how many of those people out of 100 will turn into a customer? And so then you've got a really good set of numbers. And you're not focused on, hey, I need to make two mil and then just stressing if you're, um, I'm off by like 50%, I don't know how to do it. It's like, don't even focus on that, right? It's like if a PT walks in and they can't, you can't promise them that they're going to lose 50 kilos because you just don't know. Like everyone's different. Everyone's business is different. Everyone's bodies are different. All you can control is if you do 20 burpees today, 20 burpees tomorrow, you eat a good diet today, eat a good diet tomorrow, you'll see results. So that's, that's the way we kind of plan our numbers. So we look at it and go, okay, how many leads have we generated um, for this strategy? How many leads for this strategy on a day-to-day basis? And every single morning, we, I, I, I sit down and they go, look, how did we do yesterday? Are we on track in terms of lead numbers? Are our conversion numbers holding steady? If they are awesome, what is my most important task for today? That's going to make sure we get the same lead numbers tomorrow. So that's an example working backwards. 
Awesome. And I think I did that so much. I think you've highlighted something there that is, uh, I think we might be taking for granted. It's that time to review. Like it's one thing to get the data or have the dashboard or create the insight, but it's like how often are you reviewing or assessing and making change? In the yeah, it's great. I think that, you know, that's the, that's the one thing I'm realizing more is that as a business owner um, and not a business manager, but a business owner, thinking time's the, the, the key element, like the more of that you can get from outsourcing and having a good team and all the things that just allow you to have more time, the more creative and, and kind of, um, I don't know what the word innovative, I guess, like the, the more you can start, uh, diving deeper into what is actually going to drive that business forward. Like I know I, I do the same thing. Well, like I, I'd go to Bali or, you know, I, I used to go to Bali. We're not sure when I'll be back there next, but um, in December I went there for a week by myself. Um, and, and, you know, I just sit in cafes. Like I sit in cafes for like six, seven, eight hours and just write and, and write and, and dive and, and just thinking time, no stimulus, no podcast, nothing. And just really look deep into what my business is. And then, and then, you know, you do the same thing. And I think that when, when you want to have an understanding of, of kind of what you want your business to achieve um, and, and then, you know, from a, from a numbers standpoint as well, like that's the bottom line. And I think that allows you to pick out which data points you actually want to include because I think that's, that's the thing that I've seen is like, okay, well, you know, the, and, and this is where like you've you got to be careful of your wording as well. It's like, you know, if you're not properly setting goals yet and you haven't sat down and spent hours and hours and hours setting goals, the reality is you could be using the wrong wording. Like, you know, I don't know that in our industry, and this is a very basic error, but it, I just see it so much is like, you know, they're like, oh, you know, I want to have um, – you know, I want to be doing 40 sessions a week. Like that's something that you'll hear out of every PT's mouth at some point in time. And although it's so basic, you can even, and it's like, okay, well, let's break this down. Do you really want to be doing 40 sessions a week or do you want to be earning a certain amount of money? And if you want to be earning a certain amount of money, why do you want that amount of money? Like, are you just saying that because every Joe Blow says it? Or are you saying that because it's going to give you the life you want? Because it's going to give you the things in life. And going back to what Charlie said earlier, you know, um, with freedom, time and and um, money I think it was it's kind of going down that line but I think that you know the end of the day it's like the more time you can spend um, you know alone thinking you know diving deep on things and, and introspecting I think it gives you a greater level of consciousness and, and kind of business consciousness if that's a thing to um, to to understand what metrics what data um, are going to help you get to where you want to get to yeah, you know, that's a really good point because like just coming back to the conversation we're having about, you know, hey, um, this stuff's happening, Corona's happening, we can't train in person, let's go online. If you took the time to sit down and properly think about this, you know, most personal trainers, if they actually, instead of being driven by fear and being driven by mixture of fear and greed, right? They turn around and think about this and just be like, well, this isn't the right move. Like I always recommend before making a big pivotal business decision, sit down for at least half a day or take a whole day off and just sit there, sit there and think, right? Because if you go for that process, it's like, well, there's these guys who established already, they've been doing YouTube videos for 10 years, right? They've got a presence, they've built a personality and I'm just trying to get online and there's a thousand other PTs getting online. What makes me different from everyone else? Why would someone listen? to me and the other side of it too is there's marketers online i've got to compete with who do facebook ads and all this kind of stuff day in day out it's it's a livelihood 
like what makes me think I can step into the market and just dominate and, 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 you know, do the same income and do the same revenue without putting the same time in. So I think a lot of mistakes I made in business, I made it personally. I know for a fact, if I sat down and thought about it a little bit longer, a little bit deeper, I could have avoided and you know, saved myself a whole bunch of money, stress and time. Um, and I think that goes back to, uh, you know, the metrics that you've got tracking to the correct metrics, but taking the time even before you set those metrics to make sure they're the correct metrics. Yeah, um, that's another Keith quote, right? Dumb tax. <laughs> Dumb tax. <laughs> yeah, it's like, mate, honestly, that's probably one of the books that's been game-changing. Anyone who hasn't read it, um, The Road Less Stupid, like it's Charlie recommended it to me and it's, it's, it's just like every chapter, you're just like, oh, holy shit, like, <laughs> this is great. Little nugget. I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll sell that book a little bit because I think it is game-changing for every business owner. Keith, Keith Cunningham, the guy who wrote that book, he's actually the person, the rich dad in Rich Dad Poor Dad. That's who it was written as a fable about. So um, if you've oh, read really? that book. I didn't know um, that. Yeah, so he's a big deal. He also teaches business mastery for Tony Robbins. So if you ever do the Tony Robbins course, he is the main guy that does it from there. But what makes him like such someone I respect so much is he's someone who's made $100 million bankrupted and then made it again and that's wild oh isn't it but the mindset that goes into that i'm just like that's a a true uh titan so he gets a lot of respect points for me and like i mean the layers of accolades this guy's got you can hear it in his voice i think like you know like every time i hear um here it is on a bumper sticker and i'm just like (laughs) pen like writing every one of those down it's just like it's it's great um all right, guys, we're going to wrap it up there. I just want to say a big thanks um, for, for coming on the show. Um, I know you guys are, are two guys that I, I learn a lot from on a, on a weekly basis. And um, if you haven't checked these guys out, make sure you do, guys, because um, you know, I think especially from the fitness industry, these they both have a lot to add from a business perspective um, and even just a, you know, a kind of a, a mentorship perspective if you if you aren't following they put out a lot of great content as well um but big thanks for jumping on guys and um looking forward to the next one thanks for having me cool thanks mate it's been awesome